Economics is the study of human choice in the world we live. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By investigating faith in economics, we can learn how they lead to human flourishing. This is the Faith in Economics podcast, a presentation of the Gortney Institute at Ottawa University. Welcome to our show. I'm producer Jason Dawes, and here with me are our hosts, Dr. Russ McCullough and Dr. Justin Clark, my fellow graduate assistant, Jacob Michael, and our undergraduate assistant, Jacob Caudill. All right, so Justin's been spending some time in outer space and has come up, stumbled into on, in his journeys a new monetary system, or no, wait, it's not monetary, sorry, it's some sort of new way to not allow Mark Zuckerberg to control our life and content and Jeff Bezos of Amazon and uh, something to do with property rights and computing in a way that uh, we've never seen it before. So you can see I don't know much about it, so I'm here to learn along with you all. And uh, Justin, why don't you get us started here with Urbit. Okay, so Urbit is a really interesting software project. And uh, it was started, you know, essentially as somebody's pet project in 2002 who thought there's a problem with the way the internet works right now and I'm going to redesign a way to fix it. And, and the problem was in order to get the goodies that we all enjoy, we have to give up our information. Is that essentially the problem they're addressing? That's one of the problems uh, and probably one of the ones that looms largest to us right now. Okay. Now, it's very interesting that somebody could see that problem in 2002, right? When that problem didn't seem as obvious oh, to the rest of us. Yeah, this is when the project was started. Wow. So one of the ways to think about this is Tyler Cohen wrote an article in 2018 that was titled Americans Own Less Stuff, and that's a reason to be nervous. And this whole article was about how, first of all, the disappearance of property rights and the disappearance of private property is a bad thing, and current software advances contribute to this disappearance of property rights in that most of the services that we use, we kind of use as uh, digital serfs. We log in, you know. <laughs> the road to serfdom is upon us uh, in a digital way. Okay. And so the way we use our computers today, you know, we like to think, oh, I send you a message on my computer. I send it from my, mess from my computer to your computer. But that's not really what happens. If I send you a message on Facebook, I mean, I'm not going to send you a message on Facebook because I don't know Facebook. But if I send it through, you know, Slack or any other messaging app, really what I'm doing is using my computer to log on to that giant corporation's mainframe and then asking that corporation for permission or saying, would you please tell Russ so-and-so, right? And then if they deign to, they'll give you the message that I wanted to send to you. Okay. Now, one of the things that's interesting about that is that, of course, you know, that corporation or that giant, you know, megacorp can at any point say, we're not sending any more messages for you. And they can cut off my connection to you. And 
And that gets into just, we can keep this kind of basic because I know my dad's listening. So your email address, I'm at russ at hotmail.com. That's a Microsoft product. When I'm sending those messages, it's head, heading off to the empire of Microsoft somewhere is the intermediary that you're talking about. Yeah. So whatever, whatever mail server you're using, then that's the company. Unless you try to do something crazy, like host your own Unix server in your house, right? right? Which right. is really, really hard to do. I mean, yeah. even if you're... Now, Unix. that said, there is competition among these companies, right? So Microsoft, Facebook, uh, different server companies. So, I mean, there is competition there that in theory allows you as a consumer to say, hey, if Microsoft is uh, not doing me right, I'm going to switch my account to some other place to somewhat keep them in check, so to speak. Yeah, in theory, uh, that or is Or has it already devolved into a global three guys with three cigars sitting around a table uh, colluding on all of the information and masters of the universe? Well, it's very weird. I mean, like you don't have to like Alex Jones to think that it's weird that every single platform banned him on the same day for something he did six years in the past. Right. Uh, I, I wasn't familiar with that, but I yeah. think he had been banned, I think. But. Yeah. He, he gets banned by, you know, Facebook, YouTube and, you know, yeah, all, all on the, the same day. So, so maybe that little meeting is going on at the coffee shop. Yeah. Or, yeah. Starbucks, or, presumably. What have you. The, the point is originally the promise of the internet was that individuals could connect with other individuals, sure. right? It was the freedom of transferring information. Okay. Yes. I mean, perceptive, I mean, but, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking that, well, you know, what to facilitate transaction, we have brokerages, we have real estate, we have wall street. I mean, there's an intermediary that helps bring people together. And sometimes that creates a lot of efficiency. Sure. And sometimes okay. it doesn't, though. It right? could cause these problems. Yeah. Like uh, we're encountering now. But. Yeah. Okay. The other thing about these services is that, so in that case, you're not using your computer to connect directly to somebody else's computer. You're using your computer like a giant modem to connect to Facebook's computer. Mm-hmm. And so all you need to do is have a fast modem and then use Facebook's computer to connect to other people who are connected to Facebook's computer. Yeah. There's a single point of failure too for all these interactions. Yes. But again, there are multiple points. You're, you're sending a signal choosing what server to go out to. So that if there is competing services, you're directing that data to a particular company, so to speak. Like if you're using Facebook, you're choosing to direct it to Facebook but if you're using Microsoft product or something else, you're sending that signal the other way. What I'm trying to say is it's not tethered to a central clearinghouse period that does everything for you. What when you say it isn't tethered? To? Uh, the, your personal computer does one for the most part, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So not if I don't want Zuckerberg to have my stuff, I don't use his intermediary. I use a different one and he won't have that information in there. As Except long as shit. you as don't as want to communicate with anyone else who's long. exclusively on Facebook. Yeah. So can yeah. you use a tour browser to do that? What's are that? you using I'm a, I'm not sure what a tour, what is that? Are you using a tour browser to then log into Facebook? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Can you just use that 
to access these sites and they want to be able to get your, and it, uh, your information and all, all a Tor browser is, is it just hides your information. Encrypts it. Yeah. It reads you through different yeah. ISPs, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but then uh, you also can't log into Facebook as you, right? No, oh, because then, yeah, okay. Then they know exactly who you are. Anyway. So then you are setting up these alternative Facebook accounts using a Tor browser, right. uh, which <laughs> is pretty complicated, point, yeah. right? So that's one problem with the current internet is that there are these uh, mega corps that yeah. now not only do they sometimes kick you off or deign not to transmit your data, they also sell your uh, data about you that they mine from the things that you're sending them. to and from other people, yeah, right? from over them through their server. Now, yes. now there's a market created with that information, with the fine print that we all just scroll down to the bottom and say, I accept. Because it's so useful yeah. to be able to communicate right. with other That's people. That's our right? trade-off that yeah. we have to make, which and, is part of what the service is going to try to address. Yeah, and the other thing is that when you are just using your computer as a modem, you have to go to each of these different services and get another identity at each one of those services, right? Okay. So you don't get to take your identity yeah. from service to service. Yeah, you mean like you have to make new accounts? You have to log into their thing. And so like I have to log into Twitter, not to log customer. into Facebook. Yeah, that's two different. As like, so, and so do I know Jacob on, do I know this, is this Jacob on Facebook? That same Jacob from uh, okay. Instagram? No, it's not. This one's even weirder. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Huh. okay. So, so what Urbit does is, well, Urbit does a couple of things, but one of the things that Urbit does is it is a way to enable you to connect your computer directly to somebody else's computer and to be able to chat with them without an intermediary. Okay. So it is a distributed network that is distributed kind of over the current internet. It paves over the current internet with this distributed network. And now messages from between users of Urbit go directly from user to user and they are end-to-end -end encrypted so there's no uh, middle third party. Furthermore, each username, which, you know, me, I'm a Sandlit Modbyte. Cute. <laughs> Those syllables map directly to a number, which is also your address. So your name is also your email address, which also tracks your ISP. Okay. And in addition to that, they've also built an entire new computing stack, which is something that's probably a whole nother discussion. But it means that you can do all of the things, uh, or at least there is a framework for you to be able to do all of those things that you are now logging on to a Megacorp's uh, server to do. You can actually do that on your own computer, and you can own your own data that is, all the uh, information that you transmit to somebody else, nobody else gets to own that or to mine it for any information. So I don't have to go to broadband and buy Wi-Fi? Is that what you're saying? You still have to pay for broadband because that's how you, you know, Urbit is over the Internet. Right. right. 
Right. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. But you own your own data in the sense that where you store your data, nobody else can access it. So I can log in as Sandlit Modbyte from anywhere in the world if I log in and I have the private key for that. And uh, I can, since it is a virtual computing machine and it, it can be running from anywhere. But I not only own my own data, I actually own my own identity, which is something that's a problem in, uh, on the internet today. Since you can't take your identity from server to server, it's very hard to port things like reputation from server from place to place. So we rely on Twitter to tell us who the blue checks are or whatever, right? Now, the other thing that Urbit does is it restricts the amount of identities that are currently available. And it has finance, Urbit has financed itself by selling off blocks of those identities. Can you sell your identity? Like if you wanted to sell of course. yours? Yeah. Like a car, you know, if you would sell, you would give somebody the name and give them the private key to it. And then they would log in, change the key. And now they would have the only private key to it. Hmm. So right. it, even though you back away from the beginning, it sounds like Urbit could be used as currency, right? Because that's a medium of exchange, a store of value in a unit of account. It wouldn't I, be a great currency because the transaction costs are a little higher than you would want. The planets. Yeah. Uh, you have to, uh, you know, if you were going to change the keys on a planet, Okay, you guys are jumping the gun on the whole planet thing, so I go, you're going to have to spell so, that one out. Sorry. Identities um, in Urbit. But, but before we go there, I, yeah. I want on your network that overlays the whole system or whatever, so I still get to do Facebook, and somehow this Facebook doesn't own me, but I can still use Facebook to Facebook people? Well, ideally, this kills Facebook. Uh, that's a long <laughs> way off, though. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, a, a better solution would be your Urbit con connecting to Facebook through your Urbit. Right. What's the? I, I don't understand the difference between what you said and what you just said. Isn't that what you just said, Russ? You can get on Urbit and log into your Facebook? I guess. I, I don't know for sure what I'm saying, but I thought if Facebook still exists and I still want to participate with Facebook, can I do that through Urbit and I'm somehow they're not able to use my uh, information and stuff or access my information? Or is it still the same thing? Even though I'm on Urbit, if I sign off to be on Facebook, then they can get all of my information. I can sign it away or whatever. Well, if Urbit succeeds, Facebook will really have to change its business model in order to be profitable, right? And people will have to uh, see the benefit of using Urbit or a different way of social media. Yeah. So the first mover advantage might be difficult to overcome. Except that in its way, Urbit is the first mover in this space as a privatized, decentralized, personal server. There are no other options today for running your own personal server that are viable in the way that But Urbit the advantage is. of a Facebook is that there's already a lot of people on there. So in order to get Urbit to have those advantages, people would have to exit Facebook because they feel the increase in security is worth it. Well, and, so, and other people start doing it, maybe it starts log rolling. 
But they do have to make that choice to leave the current the status quo. But are you explaining why Facebook failed because MySpace was the first mover? <laughs> that's what I mean. But there would have to be that. They yes. have to see the benefits of Yes, this so that's what I've been trying to yeah, yeah, explain is why this is a better alternative to communicating over the Internet than something like Facebook. All right, so on that note, we're going to cut to our break and come up with the fascinating conclusion. And somehow I'm going to weave faith into this. Like, is it, uh, is it a good thing to have better protected property rights? Will that uh, bring us closer to God or something? That sounds like a good, uh, good way. So we'll be back in 30 seconds. The Gortney Institute is seeking a graduate assistant. Earn your MBA with full tuition by participating in fun and impactful events. For more information, check out the Gortney Institute website. To ask a question for our mailbag, send us an email at info at or call us at 785-248-2500. Hey, Gortney Institute at Ottawa University is the best place in the Midwest for students interested in freedom and justice and its impact on human flourishing, faith and economics in action. If you or someone you know is looking for a college like that, contact Justin or Russ today. and bolts of this. I'm, I'm barely starting to scratch the surface thinking about individual agency and maybe this is a little closer to the good old days um, is what I'm starting to hear as far as you have more control of your property as you engage with other economic agents, let's call them, uh, whether that's a business or whether that's a government or whether that's another person or another household. Um, so as you engage with society, it's a little more like the good old days where you come across, you handshake somebody. Hi, I'm Russ. Hello, what's your name? Okay, where are you from? And it's all voluntary that way rather than somehow having all content of previous pathways that I've done owned by some other entity. That's a great way to think about it. And there are very, you know, there's early docs, if you go back in Urbit's history, where it's attempting to be kind of architectonically Rothbardian in that the explicit mention of Rothbard, you know, is uh, it should be a system that starts out, you know, in order to get it working, it has to be centrally organized at the beginning, but it should quickly devolve into uh, something that is distributed in Rothbardian and a libertarian way where, in the sense where everybody owns themselves and they own their own data and everything is voluntary. So should we maybe talk about the way Urbit is organized? Yeah, yeah. I think that this is where you guys made comments about the planet thing. Yeah. So, yeah. See if you can make that understandable from my. So Urbit is organized. It has a couple different. It's organized hierarchically, 
and there are different hierarchies of identities in Urbit. So there are, right now, they use a kind of astronomical classification. So there are galaxies, stars, and planets, and then there's also comets. Now, a planet is the kind of identity that almost everybody will use. So when I earlier, you know, my name on the network is Sandlit Modbyte. That is the name of a planet. Um, and you can tell because it has four syllables, Sandlit Modbyte. All planets are four syllables, and those map onto an integer of a certain length. Okay. Galaxies are things like Zod and... You know, galaxies all have one syllable. So there are 256 galaxies. But your sand, you said your first thing is sand, first syllable sand. Sandlit modbite. Does that connect to another galaxy then? It will, it will connect to a star and then a galaxy, but sandlit modbite doesn't mean like from the galaxy sand or whatever. Because okay. one of the things that we'll see soon is that um, even though it's hierarchical, um, if you are a planet, you can jump to different galaxies or different stars okay. if you'd like to. Yeah. If you prefer, like, that galaxy's rule or something? Yeah, if you think that you're, you know, the person who's running the star that you're under is doing a bad job. I remember that's one of the benefits, right? Like, each each star or whatever needs to set up their own rules for conduct within there, right? Well, kind of, actually. But so that's one of the, like, vote with your feet benefits. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can leave. But like, uh, we should explain what a star is before okay, we yeah. say Sorry. that. Okay. Yeah. So gal there's 256 galaxies, and what those identities rep represent are kind of, they have a, a Senate, they can vote on the rules of orbit, although realistically, you, they wouldn't want to change much. Um, but more importantly, they can, each of the 256 galaxies can issue 256 stars. Okay. And, uh, so that's 64,000-something stars. 65,536. As soon as you said it, I did the math. <laughs> uh, so 65,000 and change stars, right? And each of those 65,000 and change stars can issue 65,000 and change planets. So what that means is that there's 4 billion planets. And there's 4 billion planets ever, right? That's the most there can be. Unless uh, the galaxies were something different. Right? Now, since there's a finite number of planets, uh, there's a cost to acquire one. Right now, it's you know around 15 bucks if you want to buy one on OpenSea or Urbit Live is actually the best place to buy it. Urbit.live. But uh, one of the things that that does is that. So, I guess before I go into that, um, so. There's 4 billion planets, and planets are the kind of identity that you would want as an individual or maybe even as a household. Yeah. That's eight, what, pushing 8 billion people on the planet, so there's not enough planets for the number of people yes. in our current population. But there are more than enough planets for the current number of users oh. of the Internet. Yeah. And uh, definitely more planets than the number of households, right? And if it turns out that the demand is increasing for that number of planets – then the then Urbit, the current owners of Urbit can vote to release some more planets. Okay. Um, you can't split a planet in half or anything, right? You cannot. Okay. So 
that's also another good reason why it wouldn't make a good currency because it's not divisible. Yeah, okay. Um, now, each, uh, each planet can issue a ton of what are called comets. We don't really need to worry about those right now. So, there's around 256 galaxies, not around, exactly. Um, and there's, how many planets, Jacob? 65,536. Wow. Because each one can have 256. Okay. Yes. Uh, Simple math. And then, of course, since each of those... Can multiply again, we get 4 billion we get planets. 4 billion planets. And the way to think of the different uh, roles that these kinds of identities plays play are that Galaxies act as governance nodes, so they decide kind of right. the governor of it. The stars act as infrastructure. So but in terms stars, of governance, so is there already an established like majority rule or two thirds of this? When you say senate, I mean, is there is it all explicit rules based within a galaxy already? Within Urbit, everything is rules based and coded, and there are rules that the senatorial galaxy votes on, I believe, I'm not, you know, okay. I don't get invited to those meetings. But it is a human being that owns, there's 256 human beings, or maybe somebody owns a couple of them or something, but let's just say 256 yeah. human beings that own the galaxy. That own the galaxies, yes. And, and basically they can operate as their own country, complete sovereignty within the what was set up originally with Urbit, that they decided let's have some sort of... Uh, democratic process for some decisions? Well, in the sense of operating their own country, it's more that they decide how the entire system operates. Right? Okay. Um, so Within their galaxy? Or the whole Urbit no, system period? They, they, the galaxies vote on how Urbit as a system operates, right? So okay. they would vote on whether or not, uh, you know, to increase the amount of planets by you know, pumping them up. There's, there are ways that they could do that if the demand for planets increased. Okay. Um, or if they wanted to change the manner in which communications would happen between planets. But I just want to be careful that somehow people that own planets, are they ultimately at the whims of the owner of the galaxy? So. There's something decentralized, kind of like Bitcoin, I assume, that goes on here that you feel comfortable that yeah, so, you're not uh, the way it works under a new master. You initially, <laughs> uh, you know, your, your planet depends on your star for finding out where other stars on the network are, or start finding out where other planets on the network are. If I'm saying that Mod, Modbyte and I want to communicate with, you know, Ratfire Diglett, I ask my star, hey, where's Ratfire Diglett at? Ratfire Diglett asks the other stars, where's Ratfire Diglett? Mm -hmm. And then the star that has Ratfire Diglett says, he's over here. And then that star puts me in communication with Ratfire Diglett. But from that point on, I don't communicate through the stars to Ratfire Diglett. Oh. I just communicate directly. Yeah. Now, so the stars, they I mean, that's a kind of, that's not a whole lot of... And that uh, can never be taken away from you, I guess, is what I'm I'm trying to get at with you can always talk once you've established that pathway with rap fire diglet or whatever, nobody can take that away from you. Well, it's even better than that because if my star in the future doesn't answer the questions that I ask it, I can just move to another star. Okay. So you got some competition there. Okay. Yeah. And in the future it's in 
and right now it's free, but it's, it will be very likely that planets will pay a subscription service fee to their stars in order for that service, right? Because it will take an amount of computing power to do that kind of routing for mm -hmm. 665,000 mm -hmm. planets that are under your star. Okay. But if for any reason you think, hey, my star is not doing a great job, you can just switch to another star. And it, Urbit makes that very easy to do. So if you're not getting the service you want from your infrastructure, you can leave very easily. So exit is is made feasible and cheap. what's the incentive for the star to provide that service since you will be paying that star well, with the subscription uh, okay. yeah, with the but subscription. it's not there yet right now okay. yeah. and uh you know since the star what the star does for that subscription is route you know packets of information to and from you they will have an incentive to you know make sure that their star is running on a cloud server online so then the 256 people out of the galaxies or whatever, they have some pretty serious computers now that even to be able to facilitate that? Because I mean, you said that's going to be pretty serious. Uh, yeah. They're not all of the galaxies right now are online and operational. Mm -hmm. Just like not all the 4 billion planets are online or operational or all right. the stars are operational. But if you are a star or a galaxy, you wouldn't want to give out identities of planets that are dependent on you unless you were always online. Right? Mm -hmm. Or else that's being a bad service provider. That's like being in yeah. know, an electric company that's not, you know, giving out electricity on Saturdays on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, sometimes sounds like my electricity. My electricity. Some of this just sounds familiar or similar to what we're doing with our internet service providers and having a, a little bit of an in-between. So how, what's the distinction? Uh, so you will still need internet, right? Yeah. But this cuts out a different group of people. Uh, this cuts out uh, Facebook. You know, Facebook, etc. Now, the other, the benefit of this platform. Another benefit of this is that since there are only four billion names or you know personal personality names, uh, you can de facto trust people on this network in a way that you can't on the current internet. Because you know they're not fake accounts. The cost to create a fake account is fifteen dollars, mm -hmm. right? And so things like spamming becomes. Cost. disincentivized on this network mm -hmm. because since uh, identities are permanent and they cost something, you can easily send out a message to the network, hey, Sam that Modbytes, you know, is sending out those Nigerian Prince emails. Uh, and then a bunch of stars can say, hey, don't run packets from Sam that Modbyte anymore. And then, oh, well, I wasted that 15 bucks. You know. Right. So right now, the, the way those kinds of uh, spam attacks work is because it's so cheap to just dial up mm -hmm. a bunch of uh, identities that are essentially costless, uh, according to the current model of the internet. So when identities are owned, portable, and permanent, and tied to reputations, it makes trusting on the internet, you know, the internet becomes a trustworthy place, which is unheard of. Yeah, <laughs> totally unheard of. Um, how many people are on Urbit right now? It's just me and one other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Multiple thousand, but I mean, I don't think there's 
I read, I read online like 1.6% have been bought so far. But of the 4 billion? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that might be possible. Yet the only, uh, the only qualification there is that having an identity that's bought is different than having an identity that's actually being utilized, right? So I could own like 10 planets or whatever, but not be using those 10 planets. You just be holding them to save it, sell them later when that star becomes valuable? Yeah, or well. Uh, or that, or well, I guess when demand if, is if I, you know, If I owned a star, I could be, you know, not I could not have that star online right now just because maybe I'm not technically savvy enough to be distributing them. Right, I don't want to be running a star online right now or whatever. How high is the learning curve to be able to run these? Uh, right. So right now it's it's a lot easier than it was. So I first started toying around with Herbit two years ago, and I had to learn how to use the terminal in order to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the terminal is what you showed us just a little bit ago. The little dashboard thing? No, that's the thing that's easier to use. Oh, okay. The terminal is oh, that blue screen, the blue screen you know, that you see in my computer code. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, where you're just typing in code. Yeah. So you have to install Urbit that way, and you still have to install Urbit that way today. So you have to know a little bit of how to use a terminal. But now, once you have it installed that way, you can use a, you can use a web interface for it. And that just happened in the past. You know, so right months. now, you could choose Urbit it, I, I'm hearing you say it's it's primarily for communications, and it's primarily for tinkerers and explorers right now. Okay, because um, they're just goofing around with it, so it's very early. But it is very early. But I would expect within the next year, uh, the roadmap is to put out uh, something by the end of the year where you don't need terminal to use it. Hmm. And another thing that well, we should. It's a great point about Urban is that it functions really seamlessly. It's an ideal partner for Bitcoin, and they're building a Bitcoin node into the next Urban to where, you know, your own computer has its own Bitcoin wallet with it. And since your computer, uh, you know, is well, is a node similar? You showed me that you had a web, the, the current weather or something on there. So within Urbit, where is that coming from, or how do you get that? So uh, when I logged on to Urbit, um, it says, you know, and I logged in as Sandlet Modbyte, and then this came up. It said, if you want your weather, uh, Sandlet Modbyte, give us your uh, latitude and longitude down to like ninth decimal point or something, what they wanted. And so. You know, I plug that in, and then they serve me the weather every day. But then you still own that information that you put in, right? You're not giving your, your location out to someone. It's kind of like the benefit. Yeah. That's a double uh, point, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and who's the they that you're giving the information, to, your latitude, longitude to? Uh, somebody built an app on Urbit. And so... So that app pulls information off the regular internet, internet or some service of some weather service... Yes. And it, does it get encrypted backed and then published on whoever signed Urbit? So sent from another Urbit to me is end-to-end -end encrypted, right? Okay. So uh, it's being sent to me. It's you know it's not like the weather service from which this information is being pulled right. knows that it's me right. that is asking, right? But somebody on the Urbit system is polling one person and then you're peer-to-peer -peer with that person to get the weather depending on how the app 
that any particular app is written. That could be the case, or it could just be that it gets pulled from, you know, in another manner. So that's the other thing right now is that Urban is completely distributed and decentralized. You, you can build whatever you want on Urbit if you learn Poon, which is the programming code that Urbit is written in. So you can program your own computer to look any way you want and do whatever you would want it to do. So one of the, you know, you might want to, when Urbit has a mobile interface, you might want to give an Urbit to your child that only has two functions, a, a chat or a contact group, and that is limited in that contact group to only, you know, parents and friends or whatever. So you said that they're doing stuff with Bitcoin and, like, each computer have its own wallet for that. What would happen if, like, that computer broke? Would the wallet just disappear or would it be still connected to your Urbit and you can go on a different computer and log in? Since your Urbit is is hosted online and usually you know it would be in like an Amazon web server it's a virtual machine you can access your Urbit from any actual computer uh, mm. as long as you're hosting it that way so as a communication device you like criminals could be on there now would be you know that's what happens with bitcoin people immediately think oh it's illegal acts or whatever but it is true that you can you can operate in anonymity I'm on sure. urbit and communicate yeah. so two gangs that are you know sending drugs up from cartels in south america they could use urbit as a way to communicate like yeah. where instead of using their cell phones they they're, they're sending yeah of course <laughs> obviously they allow nefarious folks on there so but that would be a big advantage for people that want to stay quiet or to have communications in theory somehow this is bomb proof that they could be communicating with each other a couple terrorists or terrorist group talking between each other on orbit yep that would be something that could be done on orbit okay. but that could be done a bunch of other ways sure yeah no i know i but i i think uh if we get to a point where we're worried where about uh, separation of church and state or separation of us and state, uh, did you guys see the with the coronavirus that the Chinese government was sending drones over? Mm -hmm. There's little video clips that have been on there. So get back to your house. Uh, you are not to be outside because the virus is deadly or whatever. And they're talking from a drone. Have you guys all seen that? It's a fairly short video clip if you show that. So I, I just, I, you know, maybe it'll continue to be a problem if governments aren't trustworthy that this will be an alternative. Would people in China who are currently trying to not be under the oppressive eye of, of the Chinese government, can they just set up an urban account and now they can communicate with uh, each other? Oh, that question is above my pay grade. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I think they could, because you just have to download the Urbit code from GitHub and run it. But I know that the Chinese government restricts certain mm -hmm. uh, domains. Yeah, I don't know how that would, right. 
The reason I ask is that I, I think what's going to give traction to Bitcoin and other stuff like this where it's decentralized and there's no central planner, which I'm, I'm still a little confused with the galaxies. It sounds like there's still some power and power structure with this hierarchy, but it will be through regimes where there is oppression that people seek this alternative and then they're like, oh, well, this makes sense. Why we don't even need a company to facilitate our communications between. We can go peer to peer just like in the old days of knocking on your door and talking verbally with somebody. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Or I mean, look, I think theory? the best argument for Bitcoin is just looking what, looking at what the Fed does to our money, right? Or, uh, you know, the ways in which your money can be confiscated. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, the best argument for Urbit is going to be, look, currently you don't own your identity online. It can be taken from you at any time and your communications can be stopped. Yeah. And, if that is going to be increased, and it sure seems like it's like that is on the uptick, uh, then the demand you would expect the demand for a service like this would also increase. And is this different than the dark web? It's fundamentally different, right? The dark web is somehow just double encrypt or encryption underneath the existing That's more what internet I was about with structure. Browser. Yeah, and uh, I did say I was on Urbit. I will also say I'm not on the dark web. <laughs> I have no idea okay. how the dark web works. But my understanding is that a lot of that is totally anonymous. And the idea being that on the dark web, you can spin up an identity for next to nothing. Right? Yeah. That is one of the reasons so much nefarious things go on on the dark web. Yeah. It's because it, it, it's, it can connect to the regular web, too. So it, it like it's just kind of incognito, I think, operating below the scenes to get into rooms and different things. And if you know... I, I did an expert witness testimony on a guy who actually was related to Bitcoin that somebody in the dark web had them set up so that they were they were getting death threats and other things because of what they had done yeah um, or what they were accused of doing so I um, guess the one thing that I think if I had to highlight one point for somebody who didn't was it totally new to Urbit is that what it enables you to do is own your own identity yeah which you do not Which at, at this point, it doesn't look good that we can ever do that or how that would work. Under and the current system, you, you do not own your own identity right. and it can be taken from you at any... And, you know, when it when things started off, currently the only way you can do is to say, is to not use the system. And so we can say, oh, well, this is a free market. And so you just allow access to your thing. No, no, block my contacts. No, no. And we keep saying no. And then basically you can't use it. And it's like, it's a really bright, shiny object that's fun to use and communicate with people. And, and that's where we face this trade-off where maybe that doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I gained a little more insight onto this, but it's uh, fairly complex and tight. I tried to sneak in a little bit on uh, church and state. And I think that's where we see if there's, uh, you know, maybe it's Christians being persecuted. There's kind of the Catholic Church is the only recognized one in the in China, and so there's kind of these underground Bible studies that go on. So that that's what kind of made me think about some of this stuff that it might be something to support if there are places around the world that uh, we're not able to express our freedoms with some of the things we take for granted in the United States. And of course, we can't rule the United States getting overzealous with protecting us from ourselves or something. So... Uh, with that, I'd like to thank you all for listening. 
On behalf of the Gorton Institute, uh, we enjoy your time here with us. And if you like what you're hearing, if you could rank us a five, and that helps us rise through the ranks for other people to find us on this, uh, maybe even the new Urbit system someday. So <laughs> with that, be fruitful and multiply. Thanks.